0: Chapter 2. Go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 2. Book of Psalms, chapter 2. It says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth sit themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me you are my son today I have begotten you ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession you shall break them with a rod of iron you shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel now therefore be wise O Kings be instructed you judges of the earth serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry with you, angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Praise God. Brother Kevin, you got to start asking, man. I'm hearing God say that he is going to visit you this year and he's going to activate some things that has been in you from the time you were a child and he's going to activate those. <laughs> And God is going to cause a change to come upon you and come through you. And your words, your words are going to change. Your words are going to be different when they come out of your mouth. And God is speaking to me and saying, You need to ask me and embrace me and say, God, this is what you have given me and I will embrace it. Come on, somebody. Amen. God says, Your words, your words are going to be different. Hallelujah. Your words. Your words, your words are going to be different. When they come out of your mouth, you're going to hear a different sound. And God's putting a sound in you. He's putting a word in you. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to try to preach here this morning. Amen. But you need, to, you need to just grab hold of that. God's saying, ask me. Ask me. Thank you, Lord. When, when we look at, at the things that are happening today, I mean, the the nations are are raging. People are imagining vain things. Vain things. It's amazing to me to watch that spirit just taking over people. What you're influenced by is what you will act like, how you will think. The influence you're around is what will motivate you and 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 cause your thinking uh, to be channeled. If you're around if you're around people that that don't believe in God, then you're going to have a hard time believing in God. If if you if you live in a a, around, if you're around people that are pro-socialism, that's going to permeate you. You're going to you're going to believe a lot of the things that that they say. If you're around people that are conservatives, you're going to believe that. The problem is is we need to stop being influenced by what's around us and start receiving from God and hearing the words of God and standing on what God says because we are not people that are of a party. We are not people that are, that are opposed. We are people that stand for God and stand with God and stand for God. And we are here to declare the word, to save the lost, to deliver those that are held captive. But we are dealing with a lot of influence. Amen. Now, I grew up. I grew up in a home that believed in God. I blew up. I grew up in a home that believed in the power of God. I heard about it from the time I was born. I heard it. I was. I was born into Brother Shambock and A. E. Allen's meetings. I mean, that's what. I, that was my bedtime story. My bedtime music was that tent revival music and people being healed and demons being cast out. That was. That was what I was born into. My mom and dad traveled with both both uh, brother Al and brother Shambaugh, and until I was like 3 4 years old I can't remember how old I was but I I heard that I was and then the, they had four kids and it got too hard to travel so they ended up you know having to settle down and and uh but i've heard that my dad and my mom have talked about that my whole life i've sit and listened to the stories my dad literally saw with his own eyes these miracles take place because he was he was brother allen's right hand man he worked with him and and he coordinated for him and he he saw these miracles take place so as i was growing up that's what i heard and so that was what was inside of me i was a very strange kid at night when i went to bed I I had Brother Shambach's messages. Big. I had this old record player by my bed, and I had all these records, and I would put those on, and every night before I went to bed, I would go to bed and listen to Brother Shambach preach. Didn't know him, but I felt like I knew him my, my whole life. You understand what I'm talking about? So I was influenced by that. I had that influence in my life. I grew up in a home of overcomers, I watched the enemy knock my dad, down, my mom and dad down time after time after time, but they always got back up, and they never quit on God. They continued to work, continued to rise up time after time after time. I watched their feet get knocked out from under them, but they always rose back up. They always came back. Why? Because there was a faith in their heart that was bigger than this world. There was a faith in their heart that was bigger than circumstances and, and, and physical things, and that faith is what caused him to get back up over and over and over and over again and continue living i don't know how many times my dad was supposed to die but he just keeps getting back up (laughs) he was down the other day and he said oh i just need to i just need to die and go on to heaven i said dad if you believe that you'd quit calling me to come over here and resurrect you He's going to be 90 this summer. And... Time after time, they have faced things and faced things and faced things and went through it. And I've seen that. That was the influence. But i got to tell you something. I couldn't just walk on their influence. I couldn't just walk on what what I saw, what I heard. I had to possess this thing myself. I had to find out who God was myself. I had to find out what the power of Jesus was myself. I had to get filled with the Holy Spirit myself. It didn't matter that I was around that. It didn't matter I was taught that. It had to become a person thing with me amen and when I when I begin to walk with God myself their influence helped me but I had to learn to get back up myself they couldn't get me back up I had to learn to get back up myself amen why do the heathen rage Why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The Bible says God will laugh and have them in derision. And that's what I've been hearing in my spirit, that God is starting to laugh. Amen. The communists have have tried to break God's bands, Russia and China have tried to break God's bands, and God just keeps showing up in China and Russia. They, they decided, here well back, China decided, we're going we're gonna to shut this thing down, and they started bulldozing churches down. Well, guess what? Now their bank is failing. Amen. You bulldoze down God's church, and he'll bulldoze your, cha- your bank. <laughs> Why do the people have these vain imaginations? why are people rising up we have we hear that stuff in our country right now people rising up trying to get rid of god trying to get rid of the word trying to outlaw the gospel trying to trying to get rid of of christ and and trying to push everything out and and going after this thing that has failed over and over and over if these hollywood um, actors believe in socialism why are they still holding on to their millions if these professors in these colleges believe in communism socialism why are they accepting a paycheck why aren't they distributing those paychecks it's because they have a utopian belief that they will reign and rule over us socialism is never about uh, people being blessed socialism is about taking away it's a it's a it's a it's a political idea of envy they got it from the book of acts it started in the book of acts when the church had they they didn't claim that anything was her own they had all things common that's where they got it and they got that what they didn't understand is that was not a man activated thing that was activated by the Holy Spirit for a particular time in a particular place because the church had to start out from scratch and had to had to get together and have power but it was not something that was established for the whole world it was to get the church started and to save them in person persecution but even in that you see Ananias and Sapphira I mean you always got problems with it because there's always somebody that wants to manipulate the system I've traveled around the world I've, I've seen this stuff I've been in these countries you know what every country you go into you have what is called the black market and you can get whatever you want on the black market, if you can come up with the money, why? Because you can't control people. No matter what you do, we're gonna we're gonna get out of it. Amen. In Cuba, I bought a pig in an alleyway off the black market in Cuba so that I could I could have a celebration in a in a, a town. We were gonna have a big celebration. Well, the food was rationed. You only got two, one chicken every two weeks per family. One chicken every two weeks per family. The government was rationing the food. Oh, isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? There's no jobs. You didn't have anything. People didn't have money. They didn't have cars. They, 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 they worked for the government. I think a, a, a teacher... A teacher in a in a college, they have universities there, and it's free. But you got to work for the government two years after you get out, free. And but the teachers made ten dollars a week. Let me take that back. Ten dollars a month. Doctors made twenty dollars a month. And they, on TV, Michael Moore talked about the tremendous healthcare system in Cuba. I sit there with my mouth open. I have been there. The only people that have health care are the communist regime in Cuba. In the towns, they didn't even have aspirins in the clinics. Matter of fact, I helped smuggle in suitcases full of antibiotics and aspirins, and God miraculously got us through there in the airport. We were standing there saying, God, help us get through. God, they were searching every suitcase. They were searching the linings. They were taking everything out, searching everything, and there, me and Randy Webb stood with these big, huge suitcases full of bottles of antibiotics and aspirins and and all kinds of medicine, and we're we're standing there, God, you got to get us. Through. god you got to get it that's all we're saying you got to get us through god you got to get us through here because if they'd have found it the first thing they'd have done was confiscate it the second thing they'd done was accuse us of being cia agents because if you try to give anyway, anything away free to the people in your american in cuba you're a cia agent trying to buy the people and so we're standing there we're saying god get us through get us through help us god and we're standing there just smiling you know the whole time thinking, oh, God, help us, help us, help us. And we're standing there. We're three people back from being searched. Standing there with our suitcases, three people back, been moving forward slowly in these lines. We'd already been searched physically, and, and, and I, I, I won't, they, don't, they, they don't apologize. They search you. <laughs> We'd already been through that now we're over getting ready to have our our luggage searched and there was a communist soldier standing over against the wall with a machine gun just like this and all of a sudden he just turned and looked at me and randy and walked over to us i gotta tell you i wish i wish that i had you know i wish i had been thinking oh god you're gonna do it instead i was thinking oh god here comes the dark room I mean, he, he just turned and looked at us, come walking with his machine gun, come walking right up to us and looked at us. We didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He wasn't even looked at us. He just, all of a sudden, he just turned and looked at us and walked over to us. And we're standing there trying to smile, you know, thinking, oh, God, I, I really like my fingernails. <laughs> I'd like to keep them. And all of a sudden, he does like this. And so we stepped out of line. He pointed at our luggage and went like that. We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was happening. We got our luggage and here we go. Following this soldier with his machine gun, dragging our luggage full of contraband. (laughs) And we're dragging our luggage. We're following him. He led us all the way through the airport to the front door of the airport and went like this. Me and Brother Andy looked at each other. We, we were in shock. We looked at each other, and finally I said, let's go. <laughs> we grabbed our stuff, and out the door we went. And, and so as we preached, we went, around, we went around to the government clinics distributing medicine to the government clinics because they didn't have anything. Why do the people rage? Why do they imagine vain things? Why are, why are nations rising against God and against his Christ? Why are they rising up against him? It's because it was prophesied in the word of God that they would do so. But I got to tell you something. For years, we've heard this preach that the Antichrist and the beast system was going to be the all powerful thing that took over the world, took over everything. But we didn't hear it right. We didn't understand it right because God doesn't tuck his tail and run. He He doesn't abandon his people. While all that's going on God has a church God has a people that will not sit down will not lay down but continue to believe God and we will we will control this thing until we are taken out of the way amen (laughs) God's going to laugh and when God starts laughing there's going to be some calamity that's going to start taking place There's going to be some things that are going to happen. Things aren't going to be as controllable as they thought they were going to be. Matter of fact, right now, the gospel is spreading faster around this world than it's ever spread before. The book of Acts is a small little tiny page compared to what's going on around the world right now. There are more, the book of Acts is still being written. There are more miracles taking place right now than ever before. There are more things happening of the supernatural power of God around the world right now than has ever happened before. And i to tell you something. It is starting to come alive in America. There's a resurrection taking place in America, and there are people rising up that we never thought would ever declare the Word of God, but they're going to suddenly do an about face and and begin to declare the Word of God, and those that used to like them are going to hate them, and are going to say all kinds of manner of evil against them, but it's not going to stop them. They're going to keep going. The church is going to continue to expound and, and grow and power is going to begin to move in the church in a way that we have not dreamed before it's going to be in a way as I said last week that many in the church are going to stop and say I I don't think I can go with that because I don't like the vessels God's using hey nobody like Peter nobody like Matthew nobody like those tax collectors Jesus had the audacity and the gall to ask tax collectors, thieves, that oppressed the people and stole from the people to follow him and become his disciples. People didn't like them. They had all kinds of bad things to say about them. Matter of fact, they were, none, of them, none of them were from the educated sector none of them was from the popular sector and people did not like who jesus picked the pharisees did not like who jesus picked but you just have to laugh when you when you read about them about them secretly saying we know that they've been with jesus we can't deny what's taking place and we know they've been with jesus after the resurrection of Christ, they, they said, we don't like it, but we can't say that it's not real. We know we've got to somehow stop this, but we know that it's real, and we know they've been with Jesus. They talk like him. They act like him. They work like him. And everything that they are doing is just like what he did. And they thought, man, we killed Jesus. We hung him on a cross. We crucified the Lord. And all of a sudden, all we did was activate thousands of people just like him. Here he is all around. We are surrounded by him. Matter of fact, one of them said, at one meeting they said, they have turned the world upside down. There's a lot of people that are going to start saying, this country's being turned upside down. No, it's going to be turned right side up. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, come on, somebody. Don't get your blue and red flags out. We are God's people. So he said... I don't know why the people, why do they do this? And the Word of God says in, in the Passion Translation, in the last verse of the second chapter, in the last part of verse 12, it says, blessed are those who put their trust in the Lord. And I love how it's, how it's stated in the Passion Translation. It says, but many blessings are waiting for all who turn aside to hide themselves in him. Oh, I like the way that's, oh, come on, somebody. Many blessings are waiting for all those who turn aside and hide themselves in him. Hallelujah. Oh, thank the Lord. We, we are moving into a day where this thing is going to begin to manifest. The church is not dead. The church is not on the way out. The church is on the way up in America. We are going to see a resurgence of faith, a resurgence of evangelism. There are going to be people rise up on the streets that, walk in, that are going to walk in more power than any healing evangelists of the 50s and 60s ever thought about doing. And it's going to be right out on the streets in, pure, in, in plain sight, and we're going to see the Smith Wigglesworth rise up to where they just walk down the street and begin to heal people and the city says you can't preach here. The churches say you can't preach here and he just keeps working until they end up out in a big field with thousands of people gathered around and God demonstrated his power and his glory. We are not in the days of the post-Christian nation. We're in the day of revival. We're in the day of resurrection and there's a power powerful move of God that is beginning to take place in this nation now in chapter 3 I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that other I just had to get that out of the way talk about it you know this is where it's at people are raging the UN thinks the, the, the UN thinks they can outlaw God Wait till, wait till God starts laughing. I think he's already started. But they think they can outlaw God. See the beast system and the antichrist system, they are in full swing right now. They are moving around this world. They are in powerful swing. But God hasn't resigned. And you can't vote him out. And he doesn't ask your permission. The, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. God has, had, has taken it back. Jesus paid the price. Authority was brought back to the church, and we have got to realize that and start utilizing the authority that Adam had and lost, but Jesus brought it back, and now we have Jesus in us. We have his name, and we walk in that authority, and we have authority over the kingdoms of the, of the devil. I said, I said this several years ago, and I think, I think we're closer now. Matter of fact, I think we're starting to see it. Reinhard Bonnke was an example of this, and I think it's going to get, get even bigger. Even Reinhard Bonnke was banned from Nigeria because there were so many people getting saved. They banned him, said, you can't come back. He just went on preaching other places. Pretty soon, somehow, that got overturned, and they allowed him back in. And when they allowed him back in, millions of people started showing up. I mean, I have seen pictures where, where you could literally almost see the curvature of the earth on the people. As far as the eye could see, there was people. Can you imagine being out in the middle of that? That, that, would, be a, that would be something, wouldn't it? I mean, I'm a kind of a claustrophobic person. I can't imagine being out, out in the middle of millions and millions of people packed in and, and covering fields and, and, and things like that. You know, my mind goes a lot of places, you know. How, how, do you, how would you get out of there? You wouldn't. You, just, you were there. And, and as, as he would preach, you could literally see the presence of God moving all the way to the back. The people in the back were being touched by God just like the people up front. The glory of God. They finally let Reinhardt back in. When they did, millions of people started showing up and they began to record a million to two million to three million people giving their life to Jesus in every meeting. Matter of fact, they have estimated that, that there were over 79 million people in the continent of Africa come to Jesus through Reinhard Bonnke's ministry. 79 million. And I imagine it's a lot bigger than that because it spread after the, the, all those people would disperse and it spread. And, and we're seeing that. But when he died, the Muslim leader of, of, of Nigeria said, we have lost a great man. Reinhard Bonnke blessed our people through the power of Jesus Christ. That's what the Muslim leader said. He said, we have lost a great man. I mean, you you don't count God out. You don't say, God, you're done. You're not going to do any more. God will flip your little parade upside down. Next thing you know, you won't know who you are and what you're marching for. He will have you in derision. Amen. And we're we're getting ready to see that. Now, in chapter 3, I want to get to this part. In chapter 3, that's where I've been heading the whole time. It says, this is, David's complaining here. Lord, I have so many enemies, so many who are against me. Listen to how they whisper their slander against me saying, Look, he's hopeless. Even God can't save him from this. Now the next word, mainly in the King James Bible or New King James, the next word was silah. Silah. I just kind of stuck on that word and started investigating just really what that means. I've heard that it was, you know, I've read that it was, you know, think about it. But in the Passion Translation and the Amplified and, and looking it up in different, different uh, in. Hebrew and in Greek or in Hebrew, we're in the Old Testament looking it up in Hebrew and Chaldean this, I'm going to give you the definition of Selah David is complaining about all that's going wrong and all of a sudden he wrote Selah to get the full understanding of that, it is pause in his presence and calmly think about it. Pause in his presence. David was talking about all the enemies are against him, and they said, he is hopeless. And David just stopped and paused in the presence of God and began to think about it. And the next words that come out of his mouth after pausing in his presence and calmly thinking about what he just said. These are the next words that come out of his mouth. But in the depths of my heart, I truly know that you, Yahweh, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your your glory covers me continually. You lift high my head when I bow low in shame. I have cried out to you, Yahweh, from your holy presence. You send me a father's help. Pause in his presence and calmly think about that. Woo! I like that. When you start thinking about all the stuff that's going wrong, you start rehearsing all the enemies of God and all the problems, there's a time you just got to simply stop and pause in his presence and calmly think about it. And when you do that, faith is going to start rising up inside of you and you're going to change your tune from it's so bad gloom despair and agony on me to lord oh god but in the depths of my heart i truly know that you yahweh have become my shield Hallelujah. Oh, I love the presence of God. I love the Word of God because when David took the time to stop and remember who it was that called him, remember who it was that anointed him, remember who it was that walked with him, that helped him when when he faced the bear and the lion and Goliath and all of that, he stopped and remembered, I'm not by myself, but you, oh Lord. Oh, you have been a shield to me. You have surrounded me. You've taken me and surrounded me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. What a change happens when you just pause in his presence. Just stop in his presence. Stop complaining and just pause and all of a sudden realize, oh, I forgot. I serve the God Almighty. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. I serve the Almighty God, and he hasn't quit. He's not done. Hallelujah. He is the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. I believe in you, God. Man, your story changes all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you stop talking about those that are are declaring evil things. And you start thinking about the one that is declaring good things. And you think, oh, God, in the midst of all of it, you're still blessing me. In the midst of all of it, you're still surrounding me with your presence and your glory. When I get a bad report, you're still with me. Hallelujah, Josh. God's still with you, son. Amen. The doctors might be saying there's still some cancer there. But you are not alone. His presence continually surrounds you. You're not given over to the enemy. You are a child of God. You're a son of the most high. You stand in the presence and anointing of God. And when the evil report comes and the bad report comes, you can lift up your head and say, oh, but listen, I'm going to pause in his presence because I know who I serve and I know who has redeemed me. I have been redeemed by the Lord. And when when the good report comes, Sister Becca, and they give you, you read that final last paragraph in that report, and it says no disease found. No disease found. Oh, no disease found. You can rejoice and say, God, you are a good God. I serve you. In the midst of evil, you surround me. In the midst of bad, you're my good. In the midst of the enemy, trying to take over my life. And say he has no hope all of a sudden I will begin to rejoice in a hopeless situation I will praise God because he is a shield to me and he has surrounded me in his presence hallelujah it's amazing how our story changes when we just all of a sudden stop and say oh Whoa, like what happened to me a while ago when Brother Kevin started walking off. All of a sudden, I I paused in his presence, and I heard something different. I heard something different. Hallelujah. I heard something different doesn't matter how many burdens, how much Brother Kevin's against. It doesn't matter what was coming against him. I know he's been battling and fighting. I know he's been struggling. But today, all of a sudden, God, in the midst of it, we paused for a minute, and the presence of God said, oh, but listen, I'm going to show up. (laughs) That might be true. But you forget, I'm surrounding you. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm surrounding you. We are blessed of the Lord in his midst. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Selah. If you don't remember anything else in this message, I want you to remember this. Pause in his presence. Pause and I read that yesterday. I was sitting on my desk, and I read that yesterday and just reading over it. And I went past that, and all of a sudden I went right back up to it. And it just grabbed me. And I started looking and started trying to figure out exactly what it meant. And I began to see what it meant. And it, mean, it just means pause in his presence. Oh, there's some bad reports, but I'm going to pause. In his pre- I'm going to put everything on hold right now. I'm going to pause in his presence, and I'm going to think about who I serve. I'm going to think about the promises I have. Oh, hallelujah. God has not given up. He's not quitting. No, he's not quitting. He does not abandon his children. You know, I heard for years, it was, it was almost like, you know, when people preached on revelations and daniel and and bible prophecy i mean it was doom and gloom and scare you to death and the devil's coming he's taking over he's going to throw the church out he's going to conquer everybody and god's we're god's going to have to come and rescue us and get us out of here because it's going to get so bad that's what i heard all my life we they preached on the rapture all the time because they had no other answer they they didn't understand that, that god wrote the book of Revelation. The devil didn't write the book of Revelations or Daniel. God wrote it. And if God says they have a certain amount of time, that means that they are under his thumb. They don't have free reign. No. Now i got to tell you something. Jesus is not coming back after a defeated, cast-down, hiding-in-the-caves church. He's coming back after a church that's out in in public demonstrating the power and dominion of Jesus Christ, a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. We're not going to be hiding behind closed doors waiting for an escape route. We're going to be out there doing the work of God and we're going to get interrupted. I decided some years ago that the rapture that we, we call it rapture, the catching away, the second coming. I decided that I wanted it to be an interruption to what I was doing for God. Not my goal, but an interruption. I want to be found working when He comes. I want to be working when he comes. I want to be working. When he comes, I want to be preaching the gospel. When he comes, I want to be healing the sick. When he comes, I want to be casting out devils right in the face of the devil. When he comes. Amen. 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 <laughs> I said a lot of times that I want, I want to slide into heaven covered in dirt. My armor beat all to pieces. And, and when, when I slide into, into heaven, I want to say, whoa, what a ride. yeah (laughs) I don't want to show up in heaven with shiny armor all cleaned and polished no I I want God I want God to look at that armor and say whoa man we're going to have to throw that stuff away here's your new set amen why because we are the children of the most high God we are strong in the Lord the power of his might we don't bow down we don't bow down we don't bow down amen praise God matter of fact you're getting ready to see a resurgence of faith in people that we didn't even know had faith we're getting ready to see a resurgence, just a just a demonstration of what God's doing. Amen. I've 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 seen a lot of people, you know, criticizing some of the people that God's raising up. I ain't going to criticize nobody. My goodness, I ain't got no right to criticize anybody. I would have to feel like I was better than somebody to criticize them. Amen. If God wants to raise up a, a, a sin-soaked, vulgar rapper and all of a sudden start putting his words in his mouth, I'm going to say, yay, God. Come on. Amen. Can you imagine when Peter started preaching what people thought? I mean, just, just not too long before that, Peter grabbed a sword and cut a guy's ear off. Jesus had to put the guy's ear back on and say, Peter, calm down. <laughs> he was passionate. He had the taste of shoe leather in his mouth most of the time. <laughs> and yet God used him. I think God's fixing to raise up a bunch of smelly, cr- smelly people in the world. Peter is an old smelly fisherman, been out fishing all night, covered covered in stuff. And, and Jesus got on his boat and said, Let's go back out fishing. And Peter said, Oh, come on. We've been, we've been out fishing all night and we haven't done any good. You know, Jesus, Jesus was just kind of like, Humor me, son. Just humor me. Cast out a little ways. They cast out a little ways. He said, "Now throw your net on that side." I mean, the boat's only so wide. You know, is there is is there a line there that divide no fish, lots of fish? No, he was he was trying to show Peter something. Peter threw that net out. I could imagine Peter, <laughs> wore out, tired. Throw that net out, whispering to. James and saying, let's let's do it and get him off our boat. And all of a sudden, they couldn't haul it in. Begin to call for help to haul in the fish. And all of a sudden, the fish didn't matter anymore. Peter fell down and said, oh, I'm not even worthy for you to be on my boat. And what Jesus say to to this guy that nobody else thought anything of, come and follow me. And I'll make your fishers of men. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to have to close. I told myself today I wasn't going to preach more than 20 minutes. I lie to myself like that all the time. <laughs> Makes me feel better. God has not quit. He has not given up. Amen. And we need we need to stop. Matter of fact, stand with me today. They're going to sing a song. It says, He knows my name. I know that because I I know what she's playing. (laughs) He knows my name. And I want you to pause today in his presence. Just pause. And think about who you serve while they sing this, because it'll change everything. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Lord, we just pause in your presence right now. Pause in your presence.